Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Bloom Daddy Show on WTAM 1100. Here's your host, a man with a voice gifted by Zeus himself, Bloom Daddy. I've got the big guns on the show for you this Friday. Nick Barlidge, Cavaliers president and CEO, live at 350. Tito Francona, live from the ballpark, 410. Sponsored by First Catholic Slovak Union. And the Babe Ruth of gluttony, Joey Chestnut, the number one ranked competitive eater in the world. He takes on Carmen Sunday in an apple cider donut eating contest at Mableside Farms in Brunswick. Joey Chestnut, live on the show at 510. Let's get into our top headlines. What's going on here? What is happening? What the hell is happening? What's happening now? Let's take a look at what's going on. These are the top headlines. Well, according to federal prosecutors, Senator Bob Menendez, a Democrat out of New Jersey, has been a bad, bad man and his wife violating corruption, bribery laws. Now, the allegations against his senior Democratic senator, bad. This involves a scheme to aid the Egyptian government, gold bars, money stuffed in envelopes, you name it, this has it. Now, Menendez is denying any wrongdoing, as you can imagine. If you think about Menendez... They are saying he used his power and influence serving in the U.S. Senate to enter into a scheme which ultimately benefited the Egyptian government. The bribes, cash, gold bars, home mortgage payments, compensation for no-show jobs, a luxury vehicle, and other things of value. And the allegation, once again, is that he provided sensitive U.S. government info and took other steps that secretly aided the government of Egypt. Now, this scheme arose back in 2018, but when federal agents conducted a search of the Democratic senator's home last year, I mean, they found stuff hidden everywhere. Cash, gold bars, you name it, they found it. They found more than 480000 in cash stuffed into envelopes, hidden in clothing, closets, a safe. They also discovered more than 70000 in the senator's wife's safety deposit box. Menendez can say whatever he wants, but I will say this. It sure as hell does not look good for Bob Menendez right now. Jump over to Garfield Heights. It's one thing when you talk about violence, which we have when we talk about Cleveland, the areas around Cleveland. But when you have somebody shooting out of a vehicle and a guy holding a baby, that just hits a whole nother level. I mean, if you could commit a crime against somebody, you could shoot somebody, you could kill somebody. Obviously, that's bad enough. When you're trying to kill somebody holding a six-month-old baby, I don't know if I could think of a scenario much worse than that because you have absolutely zero respect for human life. You had a guy firing shots on Langton Avenue near East 111th Street at about 4.45 p.m., broad daylight. 
The baby was flown to the hospital with serious injuries. You had bullet holes in homes six houses down. The siding of a home seven houses down was hit twice. So many more people could have been injured in this incident. I just see stuff like this, and I just realize that there are a lot of soulless human beings out there who don't give a damn about you, about me, about anybody. I give a damn about the Browns, and I know you do too. Fred Greetham, Orange and Brown Report, jumping on here with us now. All right, Fred, devastating loss on a Monday night, devastating loss of a running back, more than a running back, Nick Chubb. What's the gut telling you as far as a rebound for the Browns against the Titans at home? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I do think that they got a little morale boost with Kareem Hunt coming because when I talked to the players yesterday, he's familiar. They feel like they have a lot of confidence in him. Kevin Stefanski said he's going to play, even though he's just been here two days. Um, so I think that will give them a little bit of a, of a uptick. Uh, Miles Garrett today said, they didn't really need a boost because their spirits are high. They they know that as tough as that is, a loss to Chubb, that they have to have, and they all have the mentality of next man up, you know, whatever that is. And so, yeah, I think there's going to be a little pickup. Everybody was so down on the way it went last year, last year when they blew that Jets game, and then they came back and won, you know, right away. Mm-hmm. I think they really are in a position they need to win. They know they have the Ravens and the 49ers on deck those next two weeks. I mean, I, I really think, again, at home, they'll come out ready to play. I you know, But it's going to come down, like we've talked about, number four. You know, Is he going to bounce back? Is he going to play? You know, At least not cost him the game like he did the other night. You brought up number four. You were around the team all week. What is the buzz about Deshaun? Well, they're all very confident. And I wrote a story. It's on our site right now. And he talked about, he said, in, in his big years, 18, 19, and 20, and, you know, with Houston, he was very slow starting. And and I went back and looked, and he's correct. I mean, he, he started out with about a 58, 59% uh, completion record in the first couple games in 2018. He went on to be the most accurate passer when he left Houston in NFL history. He threw 70% in 2020. So what is the reason he's throwing 55 58% through two games? So we'll see. He did rebound, you know, starting the third, fourth game like he said he did. So it's about time. And the players are, are confident with him, but I just think they have to get him off to a good start and put him in a position to be successful you know, they dug themselves a hole with that play when Bryant dropped the ball and it was a touchdown, and it just seemed out of sync the whole night. Talking to Fred Greetham, Orange and Brown Report. Fred, when I take a look at this game, you've got two Titans clashing here, no pun intended, in that the Browns run the football with the best of them, and the Titans stop the run with the best of them. Something's got to give here. What do you think, Will? Yeah, I think that the Browns are going to need to pass the ball. I mean, the the Titans have been giving up just under 300 yards a game, and this would be make sense for the passing game to get on track. They've averaged 200 yards a game, the Browns have, but you have to think they'll take a little bit of a hit, obviously, without Nick Chubb, even though Ford had, you know, a good game the other night. So, yeah, I think that it could be 
defensive line against defensive line. That's the strength of the Titans. But the Browns are going to have to figure out how to be successful through the air. We all knew that, but I just think that it'll be more important this week. But I do think that the Browns' defensive line, you know, has shut down Joe Mixon. They've shut down Najee Harris. Obviously, Derrick Henry's a different animal, but he has. I'm waiting on the injury report. He missed practice yesterday with a toe injury to see his status, but All right, apparently we just lost Fred Greetham. So I'm going to bring in Carmen here for this conversation. And, well, do we, okay, so we still have Fred. We lost you there for a second. Oh, okay, okay. We're going to, we're going to try to get Fred back. Uh, Carmen, so basically, this, okay, so basically when we're thinking about this, this is going to come down to who do you think can win this game? Ryan Tannehill or Deshaun Watson? Because, as Fred was just talking about, it seems like Derrick Henry is nicked up a little bit. So, Fred, as we bring Fred back, basically this game comes down to who do you think can win the ball game, Ryan Tannehill or Deshaun Watson? Well, I think that the the Browns' defense has a good chance to control the Titans. Um, like you said, Henry's banged up. They've done a good job stopping the run and forced Tannehill to throw the ball. He has the stats similar to Deshaun Watson. So he has not been very good either. And so I just think the defense will give the Browns a chance. And even as bad as the offense played against the Steelers, the offense literally gave the game away with 14 points. Defense only gave up 12 points, one touchdown. So Mm -hmm. I think they'll do that again. And I do think the offense will be able to outscore them. But I do think, yeah, Watson's going to have to outplay Tannehill, in my opinion, to win this game. All right, Fred, we're buddies, right? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So give me some buddy advice here. I want to take the Browns. I do. And I've been flip-flopping on this all week long, and I've already bet Trey a side bet, which that sticks, no matter what I do here, because I took Tennessee to win. But I do want to take the Browns to win. But I just don't feel confident that Deshaun will play well enough to win this game if we need him to win it. Tell me I'm right or tell me I'm wrong. Well, I'm going to waffle, you know, because like Mike Tomlin, we talked about last week, he seems to figure out a way to beat the Browns. I think the same way with Mike Vrabel, you know. I I think he gets the most out of that team, and he's coming back home, and he thrashed the Browns last time, you know, he came to town on that season opener. And so all that being said, I think the Browns are going to be desperate enough to put it together and kind of quiet things. So I'm going to I'm going to go out and say the Browns are going to win again. All right. We'll find out. Fred, as always, thank you so much. All right. All right. Fred Greetham, Orange at Brown Report. When I come back, 216-578-1100, I'm going to ask Carmen and Pat Butler, Fun Friday legend, the same thing. Do I trust Deshaun Watson to get it done this Sunday? The Bloom Daddy Show, WTAM. 1100. The Absolute Roofing Text Window is now open. You're letting in a draft. Text the show 21095. Coming to Hulu tonight and tomorrow. Don't miss. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The show on WTAM 1100. I'm so ready for Christmas. I know you can slap me later, but I am. I love it. And if you love it too, you want to see this show. Trans-Siberian Orchestra is the ghost of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO and more. I got to pause for a second because this is my absolute favorite Christmas song right here. Love it. Friday, December 22nd, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. You get to pick 3 p.m. or 7.30 show. So listen on that iHeartRadio app. Hit the talk back button. Leave me a message. Tell me why you want to go to this show. Okay? And then you got to be listening. What time are we doing this again, Trey? I'm sorry. I didn't pay attention. 4.57. All right. 4.57. 4.57. We will replay a message. And if it's yours, you call and claim your tickets. It really is that simple. All right. Carmen, Pat Butler, Fun Friday legend. Carmen, I'll start with you. Tell me why I should trust Deshaun Watson to have a good game Sunday against the Titans and propel the Browns to victory. I can't. I can't cite one reason why. <laughs> Plain and simple. Gavel. Pat Butler, tell me why I should trust Deshaun to propel the Browns to victory. Oh, you definitely should not trust him. <laughs> All righty then. That was the problem I made last time. Last week, I thought the first game he did okay and maybe showed some signs that you know he'd progress and improve mm-hmm. against the Steelers, and he went backwards. So, yeah, no, he's not shown us any reason to feel encouraged here. So, Carmen, you think Ryan Tannehill has a better chance of propelling his team to victory in Cleveland than Deshaun does? Yes, and that's even with a less than 100% Derrick Henry. Okay, let's turn this a little bit. Let's right. say Derrick Henry does not play. Then what? I still feel the same way. The Browns, as Juju Smith-Schuster said, the Browns is the Browns. Pat, <laughs> what if the what if Derrick Henry doesn't play? I believe in Jerome Ford. <laughs> I'll put more faith more faith in Ford than I will in Watson. Is what I'm saying. Hey, Ben Gay's not walking through that door, pal. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm wavering, and Trey, we still have our bet. I That's bet right. you t- ten dollars the Titans would win this game, but I don't. I I want to. I want to pick the Browns. I really do. And, you and, can't go with your heart, bud. I, I have cosmic forces telling me to go with the Browns this week. But I, I well, I, let me let me give you a statistic. The Titans have given up 563 passing yards. To your point about the defense, that's the my point. Defense getting porous. Now that was to Derek Carr and Justin Herbert, who are right now two better quarterbacks than Deshaun Watson. But yeah. given what we've seen from Deshaun in the past. You you said it yesterday, Bloom Daddy. If there was ever a game to get right, it would be this. And I also want to point this out as well. As of now, since you flipped your pick from the preseason, <laughs> but when we went through the schedule, yeah. you Carmen and yeah, you Carmen and Pat all have the the Browns losing to the Titans. <sighs> now, let me remind you guys, I was the only one on the panel who picked the Steelers to win last week. You were. So, you were. You were. Okay. It's never too um, late to, well, actually it is too late for you because we made the bet, but it's not too late for you, Pat, to come over what, to my island. Well, now hold on a second, Trey. We made the bet, and that's a side bet, but I can still pick the Browns 
to win here on the show, okay, but I've got fine. the Titans with you. So that that ten dollar bet is still there. Okay, but that's I fair. by the end by the end of the show, I'm going to make my I'm going to make my definitive pick. No, that's fair. Okay, all right, Carmen, you you you've got time to talk me out of this, but. I've tried. Oh, the, listen, I, I've tried I all year to talk you out of this. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. All right. Fun Friday topic number one. The phone lines are open. 216-578-1100. This is a really easy question, and it's a very good question. At what age were you the happiest? 216-578-1100. You can shoot us a text. Absolute Roofing text line. 21095. At what age... Were you or are you your happiest? That's our fun Friday topic number one on the Bloom Daddy Show. My son has not made money. They have the emails. I don't discuss business with my son. They have the documents. Bank records do not lie. President Biden did lie. Check in often. To open a formal impeachment inquiry. WTAM 1100. As we age, the body tends to break down. The Bloom Daddy Show on WTAM 1100. The average American drinks how many glasses a day, Carmen? Glasses of water? Yes. Um, Eight. All right. Pat Butler, Fun Friday legend. The average American drinks how many glasses of water a day? Glasses. Um, uh, I would say less than that. Probably four. Oh, you almost said five. You almost uh, said it. was, it's was... five glasses a day. Now, what's mm-hmm. the recommended amount of glasses of water you should drink in a day, Pat? I think the recommended is eight. Carmen? Seven. Eight. Oh. Pat's all over this one. Yeah. Yep. Gen Z drinks the least amount of water. Gen X and boomers drink the most. How many how many cups of water do you have a day, Carmen? None. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. I You don't drink any water. I mean, I, I'll put my mouth under the spigot after I brush my teeth and have a couple of swallows, but shy of that, nothing. Hey, Pat, what about you? Uh, I care, I've got my water bottle right in front of me. I, I do, uh, this is 32 ounces, and I do a couple mm-hmm. of these a day. All right. I think I drink the equivalent of probably four, you know, three to four, but I don't drink enough water, that's for sure. Not for my age. Speaking of age. At what age were you the happiest? And the reason I'm asking this question is because there was a survey done, obviously, where they asked this question, and they pretty much zeroed in on a certain age. But before I get to that, little Bloom Daddy on Facebook feedback for you. Rick said, 10 to 18 years old, bought my own 12-inch TV from delivering the Cleveland Press. Comic books were 12 cents. Started working at 14 in 1967, owned three cars in high school. Gas was cheap. And Brian said, I'm trying to think of when I saw my first boob. That was his response. So at what age were you the happiest? Let's go to JT in Burton, 216-578-1100. JT, you get the first shot at this one. Go ahead. All right, Bloom Daddy, Carmen. I um, I think, you know, I, you asked a question, and I thought to myself, you know what? The happiest age I am now is is now, really. I'm 53, and I constantly. Because you know, my 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 during all those years, I've learned the meaning of happiness and and how to achieve it. You know what I mean? And and there, yeah. there's there, there's a certain ingredient like that I try to put into practice. And I think one the major key to happiness is thankfulness. I mean, I've never met a thankful person that's bitter. 
You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, 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 it, you focus on what you have instead of what you don't have. But that, that's right. how it is for me. I, it's just, just a matter of time. I just learned that. Okay. All right, JT, thank you for that. Let's go to the Absolute Roofing text line, 21095. Carmen, what do we have? From the uh, 330, about 16 to 23, Bloom Daddy, I was working as my dad's plumbing apprentice every day. It was awesome. And then from the uh, 513, I'm 52, Bloom Daddy, I got to admit, my 30s were out of control. Fun. (laughs) And then uh, Brian in Avon Lake says, great question, guys. It sure as hell isn't whatever age I am now. Oh, okay. Hang in there, right. All right. So the question is, your Fun Friday topic of the day, at what age are you or were you the happiest? Because a team of international researchers surveyed the lifespans of nearly 470,000 people to see if there were any trends in happiness levels, and they did find some. So, Pat Butler, Fun Friday legend, at what age were you the happiest? Well, I am pretty happy right now. Uh, I think uh, there is there is that wisdom that comes with aging and learning uh, how to go about your your life. Wisdom, uh, yes, yes, wisdom. But uh, at this age, I'm not as carefree as I was when I was younger because now I'm 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 at that point where I've got to think about. Why are you laughing at me, Carmen? Because the tables have turned. And I remember when I was with contestant number one, it was miserable, and you had a certain zestful life. Has, I wish to be you, and now things have changed. nothing to do with that now. I mean, I have, I have more concerns about the future of my health, and you know, Why? I see my, my, my relative's age, and I see the end of life in other yeah. people, so I, yeah. you know, I feel the Grim Reaper creeping up you know, gradually upon me. Whereas when I was younger, say maybe in my early 20s, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a cool job, and I had friends that I could go out and drink with after I was done working. You were working with Beavis and Butthead at the record exchange. Yeah, I was. I was, and it was a good time. We listened to music all day. We closed down the store. We went and had some drinks. Dizzy spinach? No, I never did any of that. Okay. I still don't. Okay. Good for you. Not my thing. Me neither. Yeah, Carmen, that's... I really wish you'd let him answer the question. Oh, my yeah. apologies. Carry that's on. That's okay. That's okay. So, yes, I'm going to go with early 20s, around the time I started drinking, and I had friends who, you know, would go out with me and, and you know, enjoy those those days. All right. So you're not, go, not that we needed alcohol to have fun, but right, I'm just saying right. we, we just didn't, didn't you know, worry about things yeah, as much. Yeah. No, l- listen, I'm right with you. If I had to pick an age that I was the happiest, I would go back to when I was probably 22 years old because I had graduated college. I got my first job in television. I wasn't making any money. I mean, zero money, but I didn't care. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a lot of expenses. I was in the career that I wanted to be in. I was having a good time. I mean, I could, I, I would work. I mean, I would go and play Sandlot baseball, play softball on weekends, lift, chase chicks, and just didn't care. I mean, I didn't have a care in the world. So if, if I could go, if I could say at what age was I the happiest, it would be, 22. Now, with that said, right now is a really good age for me. I mean, since I've come to Cleveland, since I've taken this job, I I would have to say I'm living my best life, and I wouldn't change it for anything. And I'm older, and my kids are a little more grown, and 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 things are things are good. But Carmen, I I've got to go back to pre kids because once you have kids, the stress level just goes times one thousand. And there's something to be said for that carefree, as long as I got a little money in my pocket and a good tune on the car radio, I'm good. I mean, that's, that was valuable. 
Absolutely. I got to say, my current days are awesome. I will not lie. Um, uh, but I, I do have to say that probably 24, 25 years old, when you know I had uh, paid my dues and I was able to sign that first contract and actually get some scratch in my pocket, um, th- those were great days, too. I'm going to say, you know, my current situation and going back to, you know, 1993, 1994, they mm-hmm. rival each other as far as the happiest of my life. Well, as far as the research here, they looked at 470,000 people to see if there were any trends in happiness levels. The team found a tendency for children's life satisfaction levels to drop after age nine through age 16. Between 16 and up, life satisfaction slowly increased until age 70. At 70, satisfaction levels began to drop. So it looks like positive emotional states declined from 9 all the way to 94. So I I think what they found is most people go back to their childhood Mm -hmm. when they say it was the greatest time of their life, probably because you're not worrying about a mortgage. You're not worried about car payments. You're not worried about putting your kid through college. You're not worrying about your kids. You at, At that stage of your life, you have less worrying. I wouldn't trade where I am in life right now for anything. But when I think about the happiest time, that would have to go back to a time where I had the least amount of stress and burden on my shoulders, and that would be at 22, 23, when I was an absolute moron. It was a good time, though. It really, truly was. What do you mean, was? We'll get back to this fun Friday topic at the 4 o'clock hour. Coming up, we're talking to the president and CEO of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Nick Barlidge, about, well, this new venture downtown. That's next. Keep this city safe. Open a formal impeachment inquiry. Here's our severe weather threat. All the stories that are part of your story. This strike could lead to more layoffs. Telling the story of Cleveland. What Kareem's ready to do this week. Every day. What's the story here? WTAM 1100. Hey, it's Gary Sullivan from Miracle Method Refinishing. Now, the cost of remodeling a bathroom has gone through the roof, and finding a quality contractor has become more and more difficult. I want to bring on Nick Barlidge, president and CEO of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nick, it's a Friday. I like to have some fun. So before we get talking about this new venture you guys have going on, our fun Friday topic is, what, what age did you feel the happiest? Would you like to take a shot at this one? <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great one. I would say 16. That's when, that's when I felt like you're, you know, your, your freedom starts to actually become a real thing when you get your driver's license and you're able to right. go out and do your own thing. Yeah, no, that's a great age. I mean, I picked 22 right out of college, didn't have any stress, no kids, okay. you know, jumping in. I could act like a moron and everybody expected it. I mean, 22 was a good age for me. 16 would be, a, would be probably the pick of a lot of people. Yeah, no, the 22 is a great pick. I never thought about that. You know, you're a year removed from being old enough to have a beverage, and uh, away you go. So there you I go. Like yours, I like yours a little better than mine. <laughs> All right, well, Nick, I like what you guys are doing. The Cavaliers, the Cleveland Clinic, Bedrock Real Estate, you, these plans for the Cleveland Clinic Global Peak Performance Center. This is a first-of-its-kind sports performance center and training facility. Going to be located right here in downtown Cleveland. First of all, when did the plans for this start coming together? And and think about or, or talk a little bit about not only the the you know what the Cavs are going to get out of this, but what the everyday person in Cleveland is going to get out of this. Yeah, look, this has been uh, this is you know we're not done yet, but this has been about a three year journey. 
to get us to where we are today. We started with a vision. Our president of basketball operations, Kobe Alvin, started with a vision of how do we really create a global peak performance center in an urban setting. And, and it would just so happen, you know, we have such an incredible asset here in Cleveland when the Cleveland Clinic, we've been partners for over 30 years, 36 years to be exact. And so when you started to, we started to ideate about this almost three years ago, as we got more and more into it, some of it was delayed a little bit due to the pandemic, but as we got more and more into it, you know, we kind of have this mantra internally of let's take Cleveland to the world. Let's not just settle on Ohio or Northeast Ohio. And so this was, as we thought about this, it's really about how do we create an asset? How do we create a destination that serves our community, but also is, can be a beacon to the world in regards to global peak performance? And so you're going to have the spectrum of services in here. You're going to be able to, the weekend warrior that's out running or, or working yeah. out or playing pickup hoops will be able to come in and, 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 get, and get services from the Cleveland Clinic all the way to Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. It's going to be something that Cleveland is really going to be proud of, and it's going to be something that really takes care of our community. Well, Nick, just thinking off the top of my head, when you guys announced this the other day, the first thing I thought was, what a great recruiting tool for the Cavaliers. I mean, when you guys are trying to steer free agents into Cleveland, I mean, everybody's throwing money at these guys, but you guys can throw this facility at them, too, and say, look what you're going to have right here in your backyard, because all these athletes want to be the best they can be. All these athletes want to recover as quickly as they can be as far as a recruiting tool for the Cavaliers I would think this would be huge yeah there's there's no doubt you know our chairman Dan Gilbert spares no expense and he invests at the highest of levels in this franchise and every dollar we generate we reinvest either in the players the experience at the arena or into the community and this one with the players there's no doubt to your point with the way the collective bargaining agreement is set up with the way salaries are set up We're going to spend money to attract players, but it's the environment, it's the culture, it's the care you can wrap around them. Those wraparound services, that value proposition of what this facility will offer will be world-class and and something not not a lot of franchises can compete with. Talking to Nick Barlidge right now, president and CEO of the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's hard to believe that basketball season is back upon us. How excited are you for the prospects of this Cavaliers team this season? We're, we're, we're very excited. I mean, we are, we try to take a very kind of humble and hungry approach to how we think about the upcoming season because we have a lot to prove coming off of, you know, getting back into the playoffs last year, but having a little bit of a disappointing first round exit. Uh, we could be more excited. I think the additions we've made, you know, what Kobe and JB are doing with this team right now is, it's incredible. And you add a guy like Max Struess, uh, George, Ty Jerome, on top of a, a, an incredible four we have between Darius Donovan, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley, and with role players to bring in Karis LeVert back and, and Isaac Okoro, this is a deep team, and it's a team that I think Cleveland should be really excited about because it's so representative of our community in so many ways. Nick, I know you're busy. I appreciate your time today. We'll speak again very soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Have a great All day. Right. Yep, you too. That's Nick Barlidge, president and CEO of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, Carmen, think about this. Think about this. The next time you ride a bicycle <laughs> for Team Lexus, yes. or yes. or yes. after you get done putting down probably six apple cider donuts in the 50th Johnny Appleseed Festival this Sunday, you could go, you could walk into this training center, this first-of-its-kind sports performance center and training facility, and recover. Yeah, I bet maybe right next to, say, Darius Garland or Evan Mobley. Yes, 
you know. I mean, Pat Butler, Fun Friday Legend, could you just envision this? Let's just say two, three years down the road. Okay. Carmen Angelo is in this contest again. Let's say he puts down 20 donuts. <laughs> and the next day he's not feeling, just not feeling it. And he goes over to the Cleveland Clinic Global Peak Performance Center for his rehab. And Darius Garland's looking at him. And Darius goes, so, buddy, what happened to you? And Carmen goes, I ate 20 donuts this weekend. And Darius goes, oh, man, I feel for you. I mean, can you just envision that scenario playing out? Sure, sure. Hey, I I rehabbed with Kenny Lofton and Omar Vizquel. Uh, Luke Kepler was my uh, really? my surgeon. Yeah, wow. So, and, and what what did you do at that point in time to your body that you needed rehab? Actually, I had uh, one knee surgery, and there was also a shoulder surgery. So, I rehabbed with uh, Jim Long uh, right there on Rockside Road by our old uh, station. And there you have it, Carmen Angelo. You Iron seem Man injury himself. prone. Just a tad. Look at him. <laughs> Speaking of Joey Chestnut, the number one competitive eater in the world. This guy is the Babe Ruth of gluttony. Live on the show today at 5.05. The Bloom Daddy Show, back after this. Hey, it's Bloom Daddy, and guess what? We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers, I'm talking to you, can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups. I mean, look, you've got some good ones, Bills, Commanders, and of course the Titans and the Browns, to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings, not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. I mean, football really is more fun when you're in on the action, so get in on that action by downloading the app now. Sign up with code WTAM News. New customers, that's you, can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Now this is only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code WTAM News. 21 plus, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Physically present in Ohio. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Have you heard of plantar fasciitis? Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. And what time? He's Bloom Daddy. And this is the Bloom Daddy Show. Don't forget, if you want to win Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the Ghosts of Christmas Eve tickets for Friday, December 22nd at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, you got to listen on the iHeartRadio app, hit the talkback button, and leave me a message. And if we replay your message and you hear it, you got to call in and claim your tickets. It's really that simple. And you get to pick which show you want to go to, the 3 p.m. or the 7.30 show. So Trans-Siberian Orchestra is the Ghosts of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO and more, Friday, December 22nd at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Listen on that iHeartRadio app, hit that talkback button, and then wait and listen. If you hear it, then you call in, you claim your tickets. Top headlines. What's going on here? What is happening? What the hell is happening? What's happening now? Let's take a look at what's going on. These are the top headlines. So Joey Chestnut is going to be on the show live at 510 today. He is the number one competitive eater in the world. He is going to be in Brunswick on Sunday for the Johnny Appleseed Festival taking on Carmen Angelo and a number of other people. It's going to be an apple cider donut eating competition. Carmen, have you taken a look? First of all, how many records do you think eating records Joey Chestnut holds? 
Well, I know one he doesn't hold, and that's the banana pudding. Je- Jeffrey Esper owns that. I think he had seven and a half pounds of banana pudding in ten minutes. <laughs> Chestnut own he owns fifty three different competitive eating records. What do you think is the most bizarre or odd food item that he has eaten a considerable amount of and holds the record? Pot stickers. How about asparagus? Ugh. Asparagus. Pat Butler, Fun Friday legend, how many pounds of asparagus do you think Joey Chestnut put down in 10 minutes in 2014? Oh, geez. Pounds. Um, pounds. This is by now, pound. Think of, a, think of a piece of asparagus, how Damn. how light asparagus is. I'm thinking like a like a side dish. <sighs> it won't be, um, uh, nine pounds. <laughs> Carmen, you want to take a guess? I'll say six and a half pounds. Twelve pounds, eight and a half ounces in ten minutes at the Stockton Asparagus Festival in 2014. Twelve pounds of asparagus. I like asparagus, but in small doses. Twelve pounds of it. How many pounds of asparagus, I mean, can a guy eat? It's just crazy. Corned beef sandwiches. He owes he owes the record there. Apple pie, Philly cheesesteak, funnel cake, fish tacos. He ate thirty six ounce tacos in five minutes back in two thousand fourteen. I mean, when you take mutton sandwiches, I mean, I can't even can't even imagine. So once again, Joey Chestnut live on the show, the Babe Ruth of gluttony. At 5.05 today. Live on the show right now is Tito Francona. It's brought to you by First Catholic Slovak Union. Obviously, the Orioles in town. Tito, a big win in game number one. You got game number two. And Shane Bieber, back at it on the hill today. What are you expecting from Shane? You know what? Just the fact that he's pitching, that's, that's, that, that makes for a good day. Um, you know, I was just talking to Hammy. We were doing our you know everyday radio show and he asked me about Beebs, and I said, you know, the biggest thing is when Beebs gets done pitching, I want him to feel healthy. Because if he gets through this, you know, he's going to start twice, and, and he can come into next year being healthy and just competing and be whoever he is, that will really please me. Tito, what do you look for in a guy like Bieber after not pitching for two and a half months at the major league level? I know he's had a couple rehab stints, but is there anything you look for, or how hard is it for the average fan to comprehend somebody pitching at this level after not doing it for two and a half months? It isn't easy, and I think the pitchers themselves would tell you that. We're pretty familiar, we're actually real familiar, with their mannerisms. So when something's out of whack... Generally, we see it pretty quick. Um, I don't think it's fair to expect him to be in midseason form because he hasn't mm-hmm. been pitching. I think we all hope it, it goes great. But like I said, the biggest thing is if he exits this feeling healthy, that's a huge step in the right direction. Well, another guy, Tristan McKenzie, he comes back this weekend. That's got to make you happy and obviously fans happy because, I mean, Tristan – one of the fan favorites, and this is another guy trying to get back to that major league form. He he should be a favorite. He's a great kid, and he's worked his rear end off. And while like Beebs, we're just we're excited he's going to come back, and we want him to be healthy so they can go into next year competing and not rehabbing. Talking to Tito Francona right now, first Catholic Slovak Union. Tito, I want to ask you about Andre Semenez. He had, I believe, two more hits last night. 
if you take a look at his last, I think, seven games, he's hitting over 400. Um, you take a look at his stat line, but this is a guy who struggled early but continued to grind, and now he's getting back to that Andres of, that we saw of last year. What has been the difference maker for him? You know, I, I, it, you're, you're right. It took him a while like, to find his swing, and you know, it, sometimes it's kind of frustrating. I know it was for him. But you're dealing with people, and just because you did something one year doesn't mean it's just going to happen. The good part for me is that even when he wasn't hitting like he wanted to, he's probably the best defensive second baseman in the game, and he's stealing bases, and he's a great base runner, and he hustles. So he always brings that part to your team. All right, Tito, thanks for the time. Good luck tonight. Thank you so much. All right, that is Tito Francona, First Catholic Slovak Union. As far as Jimenez, on the season, 13 home runs, 59 RBIs, 30 stolen bases, a two fifty one average. That is not too shabby for a second baseman, considering where he was earlier in the year. From the Guardians to the Browns, Titans in town. They have allowed just 2.7 yards per carry so far this season, at second fewest in the NFL. Last year, they were the number one team in the NFL against the run. And, of course, we run the football. Now, we don't have Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt back in the mix, Jerome Ford. So, basically, this game is going to come down... Two, can Ryan Tannehill outplay Deshaun Watson, or can Deshaun Watson outplay Ryan Tannehill? Carmen Angelo, you take the first shot at this one, and I know which way or what choice you're going to make. God, I'm going with Tannehill. I'm going with Tannehill. And you know what? Trey made a great point earlier in the week. I believe the first three seasons that uh, Deshaun was in Houston, he got sacked 174 times, which mm-hmm. is an absurd amount. On top of that, how many times was he knocked down after releasing the football? And we've seen guys like RG3. We've seen guys like Cam Newton, whose careers didn't play out as long as they certainly wish they did because of the beatings they took. And do you think, Bloom Daddy, I'm going to pose a question to you, that his first three, four years in the league have taken a toll on him physically? I don't know. I don't know. He's only 28. You would think the last two and a half years of not playing, he'd be totally rejuvenated. You would think. You think that rest would help him. Pat Butler, Ryan Tannehill versus Deshaun Watson. I mean, we have two teams that stop the run well. We have two teams that run the football. It's going to come down to quarterback play. Who are you taking and why? I think it's pretty much a wash, but I'm still going to give the edge to Tannehill. <laughs> All right. he's, he's done more in the last few years than, than Watson has. You know, there's one major difference between Deshaun Watson and uh, Tannehill. Yeah. Jimmy Haslam is not Tannehill's owner. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, fair enough. We'll talk more Browns coming up in a little bit. Second fun Friday topic as I go into the break. 216-578-1100. Over 2,000 adults were polled. Who did they say is the most iconic horror film villain of all time? And I did not just say whore. I said horror film villain of all time. And who is your number one horror film villain of all time? I've got mine. Do you have yours? 216-578-1100. You can text your answer to the Absolute Roofing text line. 21095. You're listening to the Bloom Daddy Show. Thank you so much for that. Back with more after this. The Absolute Roofing Text Window is now open. You're letting in a draft. Text the show, 21095. Coming to Hulu tonight and tomorrow. 1100. According to 54% of Americans, Freddy Krueger is the most iconic 
horror film villain. Followed by Chucky. Are you kidding me? Chucky? At 39%. And number three is Ghostface from the Scream movies at 34%. Pat Butler, Fun Friday legend. Give me your top three most iconic horror film villains. Uh, At number three, I actually had Chucky from Child's Play. Why? It's a great character. It's a great concept. Okay. It like it All takes right. that whole creepy doll thing to mm-hmm. uh I mean like back when, when that movie came out there there was like the my buddy doll. So it was like, you know, <laughs> remember that? I do. And like Teddy Ruxpin and all that kind of stuff was around. So it's like an updated thing of like the creepy doll thing from old movies. And I mean it, it's brilliant, you know, cuz he's he's this cute little doll and when you know when the adults are looking he's like, "I'm your best friend." How's he but, go? but then when he goes evil, he's got the voice of the you know the criminal that got uh, you know transferred into his body. Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure. Carmen, did you ever look at Chucky and think he was cute? Uh, no, but ironically, I, I think John Gruden's a handsome little devil. So how does that work? <laughs> All right, number two, Pat. Uh, number two, I had Pinhead from the Hellraiser franchise. Oh yeah, old Pinhead. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a masterpiece in. Uh, in, in in a horror villain right there, but and, and you know mm-hmm. he really wasn't even all that much of a villain in there. It's just he represented the evil and you know uh, the the pins in the head though. People are just some people do that for a living and and it's are, okay. Are, are you are you saying that was that that Pinhead was misunderstood? I think so. I okay. really think so. Scary, right. you know, scary initially, but but really deep down, not a bad could be, guy. Could be your best friend. Exactly. Exactly. And number one, most iconic horror film villain. Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Iconic. That was yeah. a messed up dude. Yeah. The whole whole messed up family. That's what makes it creepy and real. Because everybody knows like a family in their neighborhood or something like that where, yeah. where they all live together. The grandparents, the, the parents, the kids, they're all together and they're all weird. Yeah, and they're all inbred. I wasn't going to say that out loud, but... Well, I just did. You know, I mean, that's, I don't know, that's making assumptions. Well, might be from White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. Did anybody check where he was born and raised? Or St. Clairsville. Sorry. (laughs) Very true. That's all right. That's all right. Okay, so I'm okay with this list. Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. I remember when that movie came out. It was was horrifying, and I'm okay with Freddy. Chucky is number two, though. Come on. And Ghostface from Scream. Where's Michael Myers in this Halloween I love watching Halloween every time Halloween comes around I watch this movie two three times or what about Jason from Friday the 13th yeah or Hannibal Lecter Silence of the Lambs if I had to go with three it would be those three in that order Michael Myers would be number three Hannibal Lecter would be number two and Jason from Friday the 13th would be in my number one most iconic horror film villain and I will give I'll give an honorable mention to Pennywise from it Pennywise, you know, a little bit later, you know, more more this generation now as far as not, you know, back from the 80s, but I would go Pennywise. Carmen, what do you have? Well, the two of you don't necessarily have a lot of commonalities with me. I've got to go with Michael Myers, number three. Okay. And then Freddy Krueger, number two. And then that bastard that shot Old Yeller. <laughs> Dude. Wait, is some, crime some, old yeller got shot? Wait, somebody shoots old yeller? Yeah, you, you know I never haven't it seen is? it yet. <laughs> well, I just ruined it for you. How you know have how you the never Titanic seen ends? old yeller? Yeah, it's an American classic. All right, so you brought up Michael Myers. Yes, there's one scene from that film that gets me every time I watch it, and it's after Jamie Lee Curtis sticks him in the eye with that knitting needle. Yeah, 
and she's sitting out there in the hallway. Of course, why would why wouldn't you run out of the house after a guy with a mask just tried to kill you? Let's rest outside the bedroom when you just stuck a needing uh, 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 needle in his eye. But anyway, she's sitting there, and in the background, you see him laying. And then he slowly sits up and turns his head and looks. Mm-hmm. That's the scene that gets me every time in that movie. It gives me chills just up, talking about it. Up and down your spine. I hear you, man. Do you have a favorite scene from Halloween? Uh, you know, it's. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen it in about 30 years. I mean, the entire movie was captivating. Oh, it's awesome. Yes. Awesome. The scene where she's changing? Well, see, I, w- I don't want to get in trouble. I, it's been two months since I've been called into the principal's office. So, you know, I'm going to play the role of Switzerland here. Yes. Pat. Pat's baiting you. Yes, he is. He's <laughs> baiting the hook and throwing it in the water, waiting for Carmen to swim by and go, ooh, I'm hungry. Not going to do it, though. The X-Files coming up, and then we're talking to Joey Chestnut live, 505. For 100 years, WTAM has been Cleveland's news radio. Why not share a listening memory by using the talkback mic on our iHeartRadio app? Oh, and if it's a really old memory, then have your grandkids show you how to leave us a message on the cell No, on the cell phone. WTAM 1100, serving Northeast Ohio for 100 years. That just sounded like we're a furniture store. Hey, we're back with another week of football. How about Monday night? Eagles, Buccaneers, the only 2-0 and teams going head-to-head this weekend. And then you've got Chargers, Vikings, of course. The, t- the truth is out there about Bloom Daddy's failed marriage. This is The X-Files. Most people won't even speak to their ex. Bloom Daddy's about to put her on the air and get into it. Now, here are Bloom Daddy and his ex-wife, Karen. All right, Karen, I'm going to read something to you. This is from a wife who says that doing something has made her marriage stronger. Okay? Oh, I'm scared of this, but okay. You should be. Here we go. (laughs) Mom of three, Rachel Bailey, began to breastfeed her husband, because she was over-lactating. This is her quote. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen. Here's a direct quote. I was in so much pain, and I was scared about getting an infection. So we decided that my husband was going to try drinking the milk to relieve me. So her husband began to prefer his wife's milk. And the mom, Rachel Bailey, insists that he feels more energized than when he drinks cow's milk. So she makes sure her children are fed before letting her husband breastfeed, and she said the practice has helped them bond. Here's another direct quote. I love breastfeeding him as it allows us to spend quality time together. End quote. Your thoughts? Go buy a bike and ride it. That'll allow you to spend quality time together. Oh, my. That, no. No. That's the bar none one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I wish I could say I was making it up, but I'm not. Oh, you can. There's a million other ways to relieve that. I know I had mastitis, so I understand the pressure and the buildup, but that ain't the way to do it. Yuck. I mean, that's. Now, I think there's a little mental thing going on there. Some women, some, Some women might be thinking this is the ultimate husband who's willing to do anything to relieve his wife's pain. 
no, I'm just thinking of all the other ways that you can help relieve that wife's pain. Like, first of all, just take her to the ER or to the doctor or go out and buy one of those pumps that just sucks it right out. And then you store it up for the babies. Hell, he's going to be sliding up to her and, and stealing the, the, the kids' milk before too long. Now That's, she says yes. she feeds the kids first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now, how much does he weigh? Pretty soon, be like, get out of the way, kid. It's mine. I couldn't. Oh, could you my. imagine walking into your friend's house, going over to visit your friend, and walking in on her husband breastfeeding? <laughs> I'd probably walk out and uh, right, right back around, and maybe, maybe call children's services. I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just not. I know. You know, there's no one size fits all, but that's way outside of the realm of. Uh, normalcy, right? I, yes, I would assume right? so. And, and look, I, I mean, I can remember, I'm not going to get into details, and I, I know you know where I'm going with this, but I can remember one time after you had a child, one of our kids, well, after you had a, one of our sons, that, you know, I mean, you got to get back in the groove of things, and somehow, some way, <laughs> I accidentally maybe got a a little taste, and it was awful. I mean, Awful. That's yeah. that's the only word yeah. I could come by. It was it was awful. Yeah. See, I don't know. I didn't drink it, but hey, <laughs> um, I I would agree with you there. I don't care what the nutrients are in it. It's for it's for babies, um, not adults. And that's just that's where you may just want to go have some couples therapy and and get past that one before your kids are yeah. a little ruined mentally. Yeah. Because yeah, can you imagine? Hey, Joe, you want to come over to my house and you walk in Ugh. on that. I could just, like, like I said, it was a total accident. I could just remember, you know, it reminds me of that scene from Dumb and Dumber where the cop accidentally drinks the urine and he's like, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. I would hope so. Okay, this is the X Files so. with my ex wife, Karen. Let's get the hell off that topic. West, well, uh, Western, I, mean, I feel gross. I, know. I just feel dirty. Right I know. Now. I know. Yeah. Trust okay. me. All right. Western Kentucky University, they did a study. They found four traits that lead to a great relationship. So I'm going to read the four, and you, after each one, just tell me what you think, okay? Uh-huh. Number one is a positive outlook. Amen. Yes. Has got to be, especially when another one is down, and you need to be you know, the one to pick each other up. Absolutely. A positive outlook. To me, um, that's the only way to go. The only way to go. Number two, accessibility. Yeah, I mean, I think it is important if you have, it just depends a little bit. You can't be too accessible, and you can't be shoved up each other's butts too much. You need to have your own space and freedom and time as well. So, uh, you know. Eh. All right, what about number three, a balance Quality. in so- sociability? As in, I, I, I think this means, I'm just guessing here, somebody who you can go out in a crowd with and have some fun, but at the same time have fun with just by yourselves. Uh, yeah, and I think also probably means, you know, um, yeah, I think you're right. But a, a good balance is, I think that's very, very important because I have a lot of friends who, you know, if they may want to go out all the time and, and their significant other wants to stay in. And it creates problems because the one gets jealous, like, what are you doing out there? The other one says, hey, I just want to go have some fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's pretty important um, when it comes to compatibility, I think, um, you know, down the line for the future of the relationship, probably. And number four, Absolutely. similar attractiveness and intelligence. Similar intelligence, hundred percent. I mean, it's really 
difficult whenever you're talking to somebody and they are completely on a different page than you. And yeah, you, I, in my opinion, that's like number one for me. Similar intelligence, definitely. Looks, I can, I can, I can make somebody pretty or good looking with their intelligence. If they're really smart, all of a sudden they become more attractive to me. I don't know why. Okay. I mean, it sure as hell didn't rub off with you, um, <laughs> you know, in that way. <laughs> You're so predictable. I knew you were going to go down this road. (laughs) Seriously, I knew it. Now, you, you know, you dated, okay, and and if I remember correctly, you told me that you went out with a guy and you thought he was good looking and everything, but on the mental end of it was a complete dud and it just ruined it. Oh, man, he was, yes, he was one of the best, best looking men I've ever gone out with, dated, and um, was very excited about going on this date, and then we sit down and start talking, and it's wow. I mean, it was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I do this and I drive my big truck, and I, you know, and it's just not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just I'm looking, going, okay. And what about like current events or this? No idea. I don't know if he knew who the president was or even really cared. Yeah. So that's a deal breaker. Yep. The looks just went right out the window for me. Yeah. Oh baby, I cannot. And I don't drink enough to uh, to make that better, so it didn't work out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You had all four in me, and you just peed it away. I mean, <laughs> peed it away. <laughs> oh, Bloom Dad, you just keep thinking that. You just keep thinking that, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> Karen, you have a good day. Hey, you too. All right, bye-bye. That's my ex-wife, Karen. By the way, those are the four traits that make the perfect partner. These are the four that will lead to doom in a relationship. Jealousy, insecurity, lack of communication, and antisocial behaviors. There you have it. That's another edition of The X-Files. All right, let's get some traffic and weather, and we're going to start with traffic and Mike Ross. Mike? From the Elk and Elk Traffic Center, serious lawyers for serious injuries, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Get a crash still on Dover Center Road at Hilliard and West Lake. Stop and go on the Jennings Freeway northbound between Harvard Denison and I-90. You also have stop and go traffic 90 west between East 55th and Chester. That's due to an accident taken out. The left lane on 90 eastbound at Carnegie, that also has you stop and go from West 14th. This report is paid for by SeeTheLanguage.com. This November, Ohio is facing a ballot issue decision on abortion and so much more. Have you seen the language of the amendment? Please, before you vote, see the language at SeeTheLanguage.com. That's SeeTheLanguage.com. Thank you. Mike Ross, WTAM traffic on 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Mostly clear tonight, down to 50. Saturday, partly sunny with a high in the low 70s. Mostly sunny Sunday, high 70. Hey, it's Bloom Daddy. Brook Park Road on Ridge. That's where you need to go. And when you get there, look for those... Bloom Daddy Show on WTAM 1100. We have the Babe Ruth of competitive eating coming on the show live at 510. I'm talking about Joey Chestnut. He's going to be in Brunswick on Sunday for the Johnny Appleseed Festival. 
He has won the last eight Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competitions. This is an apple cider donut eating competition. Carmen Angelo is going to be going head-to-head against Joey Chestnut. Listen, guys, we got in in Pat Butler, Fun Friday legend, in here also with us. We got a we got a tag team this interview here coming up at five ten. Carmen, is there anything in particular that you would want to ask Joey Chestnut? I just want to ask him if he realizes he's now stepping into the octagon when it comes to competitive beating. <laughs> Plain and simple, I'm not like these lightweights on the Fourth of July at Coney Island. Let's go, dude! Okay. I'm ready. You don't know how jacked I am to whoop his backside. Let's go. It- how many donuts you think you're going to have to wow. eat to, to beat him? Now, these are apple cider donuts, and they're cake-type donuts. They're not like the air pocket-filled glaze that you may get at your local donut shop. These bad boys are legit. I'm going to say I'm going to house maybe 47. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a chance. Oh, come on. Listen, There's pal. Not a chance. You have doubted my physical abilities over and over again. I busted out way more push-ups than you ever thought I could do. You didn't think I could do three push-ups. I rode a bike 13 miles, basically from Mall B to John Carroll. That shocked the daylights out of you. I continue to shock Bloom Daddy, and I continue to shock the world. And come 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon at Mapleside Farms on the 50th anniversary of the Johnny Appleseed Festival, I'm bringing it, bro, and I'm going to shock everybody. Who are you, the macho man Randy Savage right oh, now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Pat Butler, what are you going to ask Joey Chestnut? Man, I'm, I'm terrified. It's like roid rage in here. I know. Not anymore. <laughs> Let me just give you this piece of advice, and what? I'm being serious. Me? Both of you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do not ask him anything about bowel movements. Oh, well... No, they, they get upset. Competitive eaters oh. get upset. Like, you can't go down that road. I don't care. Because everybody wants to know, what is the just, aftermath? No, you can't I do just that. thought you meant he'd be too graphic or something. No, show. no, no. no it, I don't mind discussing my potty habits. No, no. We don't want to know your potty habits. <laughs> By the way, I've been checking all of his records. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever done a donut eating contest, but I did wow. find he holds the record for the most Twinkies. In six minutes. How many Twinkies, Pat, do you think Joey Chestnut put down in six minutes? Oh, God, in six minutes. I'm going to say 50. 121. (laughs) 121 Twinkies in six minutes. Oh, man. All right, I found boysenberry pie. What? What, uh, It's a hybrid boysenberry... It's a cross between the raspberry, blackberry, loganberry, and dewberry at Knott's Berry Farm. No dingle. He, he, in eight minutes. <laughs> I'm just asking. And what's, you wonder your why record? you're in trouble all the time. <laughs> he ate 14 and a half pounds of boysenberry pie in eight minutes. <laughs> okay. You have no chance, Carmen. I, I have eaten six donuts over the course of a day before. And it's not a good feeling. <laughs> That's spread out over a whole day. Blue Daddy, oh. I can tell you, um, there is a lot of interest, especially throughout the St. Ed's community. The football team's coming. The hockey team's coming. Sully's going to be there. He's going to be on his way back from out of town. So he's going to stop. And we've been promoting the daylights out of this event. And one thing we do want to make abundantly clear, this all um, benefits RemarkableYouth.org. A tremendous charity. So. Yep. You know, uh, while I might be uh, bumping my gums and talking a good game, at the end of the day, this is all in good fun and certainly for a tremendous charity. 
listen, you got to get a picture with him. You got to get his autograph. This is like this is like taking swings in the cage with Ty Cobb. All right, <laughs> you've you've got to get a picture. By the way, pastrami, pastrami sandwich. That's right up your alley, Carmen. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. Okay, how many pastrami sandwiches do you think he ate in eight minutes? Oh gosh, I mean, it depends on how large they were. I There's mean, seven it- ounces. They're they're huge. Okay, seven ounce pastrami sandwiches. Yeah. I'll say one ten. Oh no, twenty five. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're bi- these things are thick. I mean, really thick, thicker than the the uh, the the hot dogs that you claim you got bamboozled on. I was he, when it comes to jambalaya. Oh, here ice cream sandwiches. Um, twenty five point five of them in six minutes. Talk about a brain freeze. Yes. Um, grilled cheese. He holds the record for that. Shrimp cocktail. Salt potatoes, turkey, a whole turkey. <laughs> he ate a ten-pound turkey in ten minutes in 2014. You know what? Despite Dude. The, despite the fact I'm squaring off against him, heads up. Um, I admire his ability. This guy is a true warrior. Oh, this here you go, Carmen. This is you because I I watch you at the Jack Casino every Thursday, kill cheeseburgers. So here you go, ten minutes. How many cheeseburgers could you eat in ten minutes? Do you think? Oh, well, I don't. I don't know, but I did see Joey House thirty-two Big Macs in ten minutes. Fifty-two cheeseburgers in ten minutes. Okay. Yeah, you're dead. Wow, you're absolutely dead. All right, I'm going to give Pat. You're going to ask Joey one question. Carmen, you're <laughs> going to ask him a couple. I'll ask him a couple. So figure out your question and remember nothing about dropping a deuce. You understand? You do understand? Scout's honor. Scout's honor. Cross my heart. Pinky swear. Joey Chestnut live next on the Bloom Daddy Show. Oh, that's right. I got to give away TSO tickets. I told you to listen on the iHeartRadio app. Here's the one we picked. Hey, Bloom Daddy. My name's Ray. Um, I was going to take my daughter. She's just turned 20. And uh, my wallet was stolen. And somebody maxed out my credit cards and my bank card. I got new ones coming, but... That really not putting it's putting me in a bad situation. So if you could, I'd love to go to that show. Thank you. All right, my man, take care of it yourself right here, right now by calling 216-578-1100. 216-578-1100 and claim your tickets. Join global citizens, artists, world leaders, corporate leaders. Bloomquist. But you know him as Bloom Daddy. And this is the Bloom Daddy Show on WTAM 1100. Hey, congratulations to Ray Repka of Medina. Ray's going to go see Trans-Siberian Orchestra's The Ghosts of Christmas Eve, The Best of TSO and More, Friday, December 22nd at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I may get more tickets to give away at a future date, but as of right now, I'm out for this week. So if you want to buy some tickets, just go to rocketmortgagefieldhouse.com. Trey, let's hit our top headlines. What's going on here? What is happening? What the hell is happening? What's happening now? Let's take a look at what's going on. These are the top headlines. He is the Gehrig of gluttony, the Jordan of jowls, the Gretzky of 
I couldn't think of anything that rhymes with Gretzky, but he is the Babe Ruth of competitive eating. Joey Chestnut joining us now, who's going to be in Brunswick for the Johnny Appleseed Festival. Joey, been watching you a lot of years, man. Thanks for being on the show, and I've been looking through all your records. I don't see one for eating donuts. Did I miss it? Oh, baby. Uh, dude, somebody broke my donut record earlier this year, so they took it off my list. Oh, okay, because I see Twinkies yeah. and I see some some berry combination berry pie thing, but I didn't see donuts. Yeah, I used to hold the glazed donut record, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't able to go defend my title this year, and somebody they, they broke my record. But uh, dude, I'm, I'm, this is gonna be the first time we're eating apple cider donuts, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna be bringing it. <laughs> Anybody so going it, against me, I'm, I'm going to put them in the dirt. Well, the, the, the guy here with me in the studio, Carmen's going to be up there. Now, listen, Joey, I've seen him eat. I've never seen anything like it, but every time he gets in a competitive eating contest, he chokes. And I'm not talking about literally, but he, he always comes up short. So I don't think you have to worry about Carmen. Oh, that, oh really? That, you know, I've learned you never underestimate people. If I uh, And then if, if I talk too much stuff... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it motivates him. So, but 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 I'm, I'll be honest. If if he's if he's a mouth breather, he's uh he's he's, he's not going to be eating very much. Hey, hey, <laughs> Carl, listen, Carl, listen, what do you want to say? Listen, pal. Uh, when I sit down, every meal's like the Last Supper. Let's go, okay? And I'm not bumping my gums. I wish two o'clock Sunday was right now, right now. I'm not, I'm no L Dub. I'm no lightweight. You know, you're you're stepping in the octagon when you walk in with vitamin C, Joey. Hey, hey, Joey. Oh, baby. You know yeah, Joey, you know what's going on here? You ever watch MMA where the guy that runs his mouth you know is going to get knocked out in the first round? That's what's happening right here, right now. Ain't happening. Oh, it's, it's happening. Uh, oh, this is exciting. I, I, I love, I love uh, <laughs> a little bit of build-up. I'm getting to hear him talk. And then after the contest, I'm, I'm going to see him suffer. Hey, Joey. He's, he's going to be in pain. I'll, 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 hear, I'll hear him moaning and groaning during the contest. Joey, every time I bend my my elbow, my mouth opens. I am so jacked. I am so amped. I wish we were doing this right now, bro. Oh, 2 p.m. Sunday. It's going down, baby. You got it, man. Joey, how often do you travel the country doing these events like this? I'm all over the place. I, uh, I'm living the dream. I get to travel, eat, hang out with people, drink, and uh, usually I get to beat people. <laughs> I gotta ask you. So I was doing some research here. You, you you've got fifty four different categories. We have the major league eating record: chicken wings, hard boiled eggs, grilled cheese, Twinkies. But ten pounds of asparagus. That I mean, I like asparagus, but I can't even fathom eating ten pounds of it. How was that? Oh, it was amazing. It was deep fried asparagus topped with Parmesan cheese. It was it was it was beautiful and. uh and afterwards, they, I actually when I when I made that record, I, I, I was still working construction management, and uh, and I, I went to the bathroom and I, I was like, oh, this is so amazing! I'm I'm gonna leave this in the toilet for everybody else. <laughs> 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 everybody in the office was mad. <laughs> Wait a minute! I, I I thought you competitive eaters never wanted to talk about bowel movements after events. Isn't that like off limits? I mean, we talk about it, but it, 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 I mean, the, the, the urine from asparagus, asparagus urine is something special. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta imagine you didn't use toilet paper, but a belt sander, huh? Uh, <laughs> all right, let's watch where we're going here, guys. We gotta protect the license. In all seriousness, Joey, what food gives you is most difficult for any variety of reasons as far as competitive eating goes? What's the most difficult? If it's a weird food that I've never eaten at all, it, it gets it's harder on the body. And so a lot a lot of the way I train is uh, 
build a tolerance and your body feels comfortable. All right, I, it, you've done it once. You, you're familiar with the food. It, it, it feels comfortable. But it, if it, it like I, I remember I went to Korea and I did uh, uh, kimchi. And then there was like really ripe fermented cabbage and spicy. Oh, my. And my body was like, my body was like rejecting. It was like, what, what are you doing to me? And I was, I was really fighting with my body. And my body was like, no. So uh, yeah, right. it, it, that won't do that again. What's your favorite food competition item? Oh my gosh, uh, I I love oh good ribs. Ribs are up there. I I still have the rib record. Uh, rib it, the bone. I have good good technique in the meat off the bone. And okay. uh, uh, no, no, I I, I love good, a good taco eating contest. They're, 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 oh my god, Cinco de Mayo! Uh, I always look forward <laughs> to a good taco eating contest. Uh, talking- and, uh, hot dogs! I, hot dogs is the biggest contest in the world, so I, I love it. Hey, Carmen, tell uh, Joey how you did in your last hot dog eating contest. All right, now, full disclosure, Joey. No, you, you ate know. six. He ate six. No, Joey, no. he was bragging he was going to eat 30. He no. ate six. No, now, number one, I was going up against Jeffrey Esper, who is uh, 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 one of the big competitors with you. I think he's, what, uh, number three in the world, Joey? Yeah, he, he's right there. Yeah. I think he's number two right now. Oh, is he number two? Yeah, I think he's yeah. got the world record for banana pudding, right? He does. Yeah. I, well, I, I wasn't there, though. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, no, I. they said I ate six, and the whole story behind it, it was the qualifier for the Coney Island event that was at the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds right here in Greater Cleveland. And they plate you with two plates of five. And I crushed the first ten, and then I took the plates and I threw them behind me. Well, lo and behold, I did not realize, Joey, I wasn't apparently listening to the rules that they tabulate the amount of hot dogs eaten by the amount of empty plates in front of you. So I got shafted for the first ten that I housed, and I'm not going to lie about hot dog number 15, I hit that wall. Now, for some reason, I just didn't have my A game. But at the end of the day, they said I ate six because they also found what they claimed were um, remnants of four different buns. So I got penalized for 14. I ate 20. Now, Joey. Mm -hmm. Joey, you confirmed on video. You only ate six. I watched the video from start to finish. Now, Joey, you got to tell these clowns, (laughs) they don't realize it, that those Coney dogs are seven and a half inches long. They're not the regular dogs you get in the grocery store, correct? But they're but they're a little bit skinny. They're, they're still two ounces. Yeah, each. <laughs> you see what I mean, I, Joey. This is what you're going up against. You're going up against an excuse I, making. I, I can't tell. He, I can't tell if he's lying or he's a good storyteller or, or <laughs> he's telling. Dude, he. I, I'll, I'll give him that. He's got. He's got me on my. Like, he's eating twenty hot dogs. Dang. Yeah. I, I'm. Oh. Yeah. That's a good story, but uh, yeah, they do count plates. This is yes, true. Yes. Now, right. I do have to say one thing, and I did not know this because obviously this is your trade. You are a competitive eater. That's how you make your living. When I was backstage with Jeffrey Esper, you know, we chatted for a little bit, but then he started doing these really bizarre, like, massaging of his his abdomen. Esophagus. No, oh. his abdomen. And I mean, oh, yeah. it, it was pretty intense. Is that something that you guys do uh, before every competition? Yeah, well, you got to stretch those muscles out because uh, so people think your stomach is the thing stretching, and your stomach is stretching, but really it's they're the muscles around your stomach that you need to stretch and get those those get those nice and loose and ready ready to ready to stretch and and uh, let your stomach expand to its max. So uh, huh. he, he's re- he's pretty good. He, he's actually like a he used to be a power lifter. Oh, he's so jacked. It, it's weird. O- over the years, it, it used to be like big guys who love to eat. Uh, we're competitive eaters now. Now it's like, God, now you can see these CrossFit dudes, 
And I, like I'm not like one of the few like original like just the fat boy having fun eaters. And I only so so yeah. These days it's uh you're gonna run into more of those those fit dudes. But uh yeah, you got you got to find a way to make your body work for you. We're talking to the Babe Ruth of competitive eating, Joey Chestnut. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Joey, but you you sit between what about two twenty two forty pounds? Yeah, your, your competition I weight. Li- I wish. Well, yeah, I'm but, about, about but, two- 35. I, I think the question for a lot of people is, though, how, how do you competitive eaters not gain a lot of weight or become overeaters like in your re- regular everyday life? Oh, it, it, it's tough. I, uh, it, the overeating part, it, it, that's, that's the biggest discipline because uh, I do love to eat, and it's so easy to, uh, to lose track of calories, but I, uh, I hate losing. There's nothing worse than traveling across country and knowing that I lost because I, I, uh, I, I was a little bit chubby and I, I, I was, wasn't breathing right during the contest. So, so it, it's really important for me to, after every event, I try to eat healthy, uh, which isn't the most fun, but uh, it, it pays off. When you drive around, when you travel, you go into a restaurant. Do people recognize you a lot? And if they do, do they sit there and watch you eat while you're eating your meal? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> so... Uh, I was just in a restaurant, and they were like, "Oh, what are you ordering?" And I was like, "I'm just having salad today. I'm eating really light. I'm I'm, I'm going to be taking a lot of calories this weekend." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Pat Butler, Fun Friday Legend. What do you have for Joey Chestnut? I just wondered, Joey, have you ever partaken in a chestnut eating contest? <laughs> no. <laughs> it would just—it's—it's it's so weird. Growing up with the last name Chestnut, people were like Chestnut, Walnut, Chin Nut, and it was like now it's like now it's like a cool name. <laughs> yes. uh, a, a serious question though what's the turnaround like on these con- have you ever had to do a competition like two days in a row or do you need how many days off do you need between this good question it happens every now it happens every now and then uh and uh i, I don't like to do it two days in a row but but if if uh it it it, it makes it, it makes the final recovery a little bit longer uh so so i mean it, it, it happens and it, it's not terrible but uh my 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 contest the second day isn't going to be as good as uh, it could have been possibly. All right, so listen, Joey. Sunday in Brunswick, Johnny Appleseed Festival, apple cider donut eating competition. What is your goal? How many apple cider donuts do you see yourself putting down? All right, this is a little bit crazy. They they haven't sent me any any specs on the donuts. I I, I think I've seen a pic, a couple pictures. So they look like a pretty standard sized donut. Uh. I'm saying in five minutes, I want I want to do that that the 48. I, I, it'd be awesome to hit 50 in five minutes. The 10 a minute. Oh dear lord, uh, Mark would be that'd be amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find a method to get him down. But that that, that 45 to 15 range is, is looking looking comfortable. Carmen, what is your goal? 51. Two? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> It's uh, like the price is right. I, I, my, my goal is enough to win. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Joey, thanks so much for your time today, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in Brunswick, man. Thanks, Joey. I'll see you guys there. Take- All right, we'll see you later. That is Joey Chestnut, the Garrig of Gluttony, the Jordan of Jowls, the Gretzky of... What can we rhyme with Gretzky, guys? Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, don't. Let's think about it during yes. the break. The Gretzky of Gravy? Back after... There you go! <laughs> The Absolute Roofing text window is now open. You're letting in a draft. Text the show 21095. Coming up next.
Addicted to Hulu tonight and tomorrow. AM 1100. Great job by Joey Chestnut. Going to be in Brunswick on Sunday. I- I'm not kidding you guys. I told you before the interview, I thought any mention of what happens the day after one of these <laughs> events was off limits. And when he when he said that, I was shocked. Well, he gets it, though. Joey's a good sport. Oh, there's no doubt. But, I mean, I, I just that's why I didn't want to go down that road. And when he started saying that, I was like, oh, my. And then my next thought was, oh, Carmen, don't. Because I figured you, you, you know, he would hook you and you'd go running with it and you'd make every reference to, well, you know that you could possibly. I behave possibly myself. Make, yeah, Pat, what'd you what'd you think of Chestnut? If I knew that the the bathroom questions were not off limits, I would have asked him if he's ever been in a corn eating competition. Oh, Pat, <laughs> really? Why? Thirty eight states and half of Canada worldwide on the iHeartMedia app, and that's what you come with. <laughs> you know, it's a great well, indicator. I mean, it's a great indicator to show that you're healthy. <laughs> you got to check on these things, you know. You're disgusting. <laughs> but just imagine the aftermath. Now, no, listen, I don't want to imagine. Listen, in all honesty, a corn cob eating contest would be pretty funny to watch because look, Carmen couldn't make any excuses, Pat, because he could sit there and say, "Oh, well, the hot dog, you know, it it, it was bigger and blah blah blah." Yeah. But you know, so on and so forth. But with a you know a, a cob of corn is a cob of corn. No, Carmen would be like, "Ah, oh, he shot me in the eye." <laughs> we got somebody on the hotline. Apparently. I can't see. Let's go to Leon real quick. Leon, you've got a minute. Go ahead. Hey, look, man. Hey, your boy talk about eating these donuts with it, with a piece of hammer come out your booty hole with his ride his bicycle with no seat on it. The last time he's trying one of the charity events. You know what I'm saying? Listen, dude. I'm telling you, you all fruity, dude. I'm telling you, right now, Pat Butler talking about that corn on the cob. Listen, y'all fruity up in there, man. Fruity Paul man and fruity Pat Butler, lactose intolerant Pat Butler. Talking that junk over there. Y'all, y'all freaks, man. Y'all freaks. Thank you, Leon. Bye-bye. Uh, there's a minute I, in my I, life I'm not getting back. Uh, I've got <laughs> I've got to take a break. Fun Friday continuing here on the Bloom Daddy Show, WTAM 1100. How do you put your game face on? Your game face. Put your game face on. When you put it on, you're ready. Go, get set. Ready. For game time. Get everything dialed in. Get ready to go. Get your game face on before every Browns game with the best Browns coverage. This Sunday, starting at 10. Set the tempo. Let's go. On WTAM 1100. Men, if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction or PE, the medical providers at Precise Men's Medical Center offer breakthrough treatments that eliminate problems in the bedroom without pain or surgery. show on WTAM 1100. All right, welcome back to Fun Friday. Fun Friday, Legend Pat Butler in the studio, of course, with us here on Fridays. We, we just got into a big debate during the break about whether or not Pat Butler has a mullet. Now, <laughs> I say it's a mullet, Pat. Carmen, what do you say? It's No, it's not a mullet. It's not long enough to be a mullet. He does have enough hair back there, which obviously you've seen him tie it up in a saddle knob. Uh, today he's got, uh, obviously, as you see, his Cleveland Guardians hat yeah. on. Yeah. But no, it's not a moulet. No, he looks like Joe Dirt. It's it's actually the exact opposite of a mullet. It's 180 Whoa. degrees away from a mullet. It is not. I am not business in the front and party in the back. I am 
business in the back and party in the front. <laughs> business in the back. Whoa, that could be yes. taken a few different ways. <laughs> oh no, he didn't. No, I mean you that... are you are mullet man. Uh, me? Come no, on. I'm talking about Pat. Oh, uh, Carmen definitely had the hockey mullet going before. Yeah, a little little tighter. Right now, but, I actually, yeah. when we went up to Notre Dame, I was rocking a better mullet than most of the Notre Dame <laughs> hockey team. And I'm I'm an old man. I'm washed up. But I mean, well, heads were turning. Pat, if you don't have a mullet, why don't you try one with that saddle knob? That you you could start a new trend. This might be white trash, but it's not a mullet. I would never <laughs> consider that white trash. What well, thank they, you. What do they I call that? Seen, wait a minute, Carmen. Have you ever seen? An evening newscast after a tornado tears through a trailer park. Everybody they interview, every male, looks like Pat Butler. Yeah, and and why is it every male looks like Pat Butler and every woman they talk to, they're either... They're <laughs> looks either, like Pat Butler. Well, it looks like Pat Butler or they're even named uh, Lolita or Tanqueray. <laughs> Pat, would you like to interject at any moment? I mean, uh, I don't know. You could, you could just call, call it midlife crisis. Just call it that. That's no. That's fine. Dick well, Tracy, look at you. <laughs> We would have never guessed you're enduring no, a midlife crisis. Never in my wildest imagination would I have thought that. Okay, since you brought up life, though, Pat. Yes. That's a perfect segue yes, into one of our Fun Friday topics, and that is, what age did you feel the happiest? There was a team of international researchers. They surveyed the lifespans of nearly 500,000 people to see if there were any trends in happiness levels. So if you had to pick a certain age... What age would you say you were or are the happiest and why? You know, I, I'm pretty happy right now at this age, uh, despite the midlife crisis. Uh, but life is like a catch-22 is, is what this made me think of. You know, when you're young, you don't have any money. You're older, you finally got some money to do things, but you're tired all the time <laughs> and you, you have less time to do things. So I would have to kind of narrow it down maybe to my early 20s when I had... Uh, I had a cool job. I was working for the record exchange, just selling CDs all day long, listening to music. I had cool friends, you know, like like right after turning 21, you could you could close down the store at like uh-huh. 10 o'clock at night and go to the bar and drink till two in the morning. Yep, <laughs> and then yep. still get up and go back to work the next day. I was finishing up college at the time. I was busy as hell. So ironically, I was super busy, but I had a great time because everything I was involved in, I loved doing. That all makes perfect sense. Now, if you two were to guess what age I would choose, Carmen, you go first. What do you think it is? I would say post-morning drive, so maybe the last uh, two, three years. Okay. Pat, what about you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would either say these last couple years or your college days. Okay. You've told a lot of good stories from your college days. Yeah, that I can't tell on this radio show. Oh, come on, Donk. No, no. (laughs) You both are very close. Right now, I'm having the time of my life. I mean, in all honesty, with you guys working here at WTAM, since I've got to Cleveland, love this city, I mean, this is a great time in my life. But if I had to go back to the absolute happiest I've ever been, Pat, I'm with you. I'm going to select 22, 23 years old, I just I just got a job in television. Now I was making no money, but back then I didn't have kids. I didn't have a lot of expenses. You're in your career. You're just kind of having fun. And I'm the same way. I just had this conversation with my son the other day. He was complaining that he, he was going to go to the gym after work at 7 o'clock. And he's like, well, my day's all work. And I said, dude, when I was your age, I would go to work. 
Go play a baseball game in the sandlots. Go play a softball game at 10 o'clock at night. Go lift weights at midnight. Go chase chicks till about 3 in the morning and get up and do it again at 6 a.m. I'm like, you know, it just was that, you're right, Pat, it was that carefree, full of energy, long as I had enough money in my pocket to get me some gas and a couple, you know, sticks of beef jerky, I was good. I mean, I was good. And Carmen, I, th- I think this will resonate with you, too. I know you're not going to probably go back to then because you lived in a beer bottle. But <laughs> but pre-kids, I love my kids, but kids add a whole nother level of stress to your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so what is it for you, Carmen? I'm not going to lie. Um, I was... Obviously, after I decided to get sober, and good things don't happen by accident, I got my first decent contract in 1993, and that allowed or that afforded me quite a bit more money than I was making. Now, again, I was single. Um, I had a steady girlfriend, didn't have children. I love where my life is right now, and I truly, I'm not going to lie, don't laugh, but I love being married to both my ex-wives. I was very happy. <laughs> what? Uh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. How, how can you tell us not to laugh to that? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I didn't get married to get divorced. I could have been happily married with either for the rest of my life. Truly. Yeah, I mean, my right hand. The problem is guy. they didn't feel the same way. Well, what have I always said? They clearly did not appreciate my talents. But I will say probably when I was 24, I was newly sober. Um, and, you know, I had a, a lot more money in my pocket for, you know, a couple of reasons. I signed my first deal and um, I had money in my pocket for, you know, not drinking it all away. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But, you know, I, I was glad you guys both said the last couple of years, though, because seriously, since I've come to Cleveland, I've had the time of my life. And, and I'm living, you know, a lot of people would call it my greatest life right now. It's damn close. I would just say the, the, the carefreeness, uh, the, you know, being carefree at 22, 23 is an irreplaceable feeling. And, and Pat, that's exactly why it dragged you back to the, you know, your early 20s. Mm-hmm. Well, Great and feeling. now, you know, like I said, now I, I, I like my life right now, but I've got like this, uh, you know, this image of the Grim Reaper, you know, coming over my shoulder. <laughs> Because, you know, everything makes me think, like, is this going to be my last day? You wake oh, up, the, no the, the back hurts, something, you know, something out of the ordinary pops up. You're like, what's going on? Just yeah. a lot more worries now. The Grim Reaper is a steady girlfriend, which you have. Oh, and Bloom, neither Bloom Daddy or I have one. <laughs> All right, great conversation. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the most iconic horror film villain of all time because the survey's out you might be surprised by number one but speaking of horror villains let's go to mike ross for some traffic and then you're going to get your weather <laughs> what an intro from the elk and elk traffic center for from the elk and elk traffic center serious lawyers for serious injuries call 1-800-ELK-OHIO an accident taking out the entrance ramp on 71 northbound at I-480. You also have an accident taking out the right two lanes, I-77 southbound at Pershing, and slow traffic Jennings Freeway north between Harvard Denison and I-90. This report is sponsored by the Ken Ganley Auto Group. We want to buy your car or truck at Ken Ganley, Ohio's number one automotive retailer. Regardless of its condition or how many miles it has, get an instant offer today. For the location nearest you, visit KenGanleyAuto.com. Mike Ross, WTAM traffic on 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Mostly clear tonight, down to 50. Saturday, partly sunny with a high in the low 70s. Mostly sunny Sunday, high 70. 
what's happening right now. Right here. Catastrophic shutdown. The Bidenomics. What's not over. Over there. Renewed Russian attacks. Everything in your world. Right here in the state of Ohio. WTAM 1100. Hey, it's Bloom Daddy. A couple of questions for you. First of all, who has a candy bar wall with over 180,000 candy bars in stock? Be pretty, pretty good. And it's a great time to go for a drive. Even if you have nowhere to go, just get in a vehicle and drive. Now, you probably don't want to get into a vehicle if you don't like your vehicle. Well, if you don't like it, go buy a new one at Nissan of North Olmstead and I-90 Nissan in Sheffield Village. I drive all the time. My friends are like, why are you always driving? And I'm like, because I love my Nissan Titan truck. Why wouldn't I want to drive? You can have the same experience. And look, Mike D'Amato's got two locations. You're going to find what you want just like I did. At Nissan of North Olmstead on a North Olmstead Auto Mile and I-90 Nissan just off I-90 Route 254 exit 148 in Sheffield Village. And as always, I'm always going to remind you, if you can't go to either location, shop online anytime. BigNissan.com. Look, this is the best time of the year to drive around. 70 degrees, 65 degrees, sunny, that crisp air. It's a beautiful time to get behind a wheel of a vehicle you absolutely love. Let Mike D do that for you. Nissan of North Olmstead and I-90 Nissan in Sheffield Village. The Bloom Daddy Show on WTAM 1100. Back here on the Bloom Daddy Show, Fun Friday edition, and I saw a study where they asked people which horror film villain is the most iconic of all time. Now, before I get to the answers here, I'm going to go to Bloom Daddy on Facebook. Of course, it goes straight political. Michelle, Joe Biden, Obama, Stefanski. Then all of a sudden you get Rick, who says Rosie O'Donnell, Whoopi Goldberg, and Joy Behar. But we got a couple here. Brian said... Number three is Jason Voorhees. Number two, Jigsaw. Number one, Art the Clown from Terrifier. Steven huh? said Jack Torrance, which would have been, um, oh, what was that one, Carmen? Uh, Jack Nicholson back in the day. Wasn't he Jack oh, the Shining? Shining. The, the yes. Shining, yes. The Shining. The Shining. Pe- yeah, Pennywise <laughs> in Leatherface. And Mike said Hannibal Lecter, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Michael Myers. Okay, so who do you think was selected one when they... Polled 2,000 adults. Pat, I'll let you go first. Well, there was that Benghazi documentary. So Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Okay. I didn't mean to go down that road. I'm just kidding. That's okay. Who's number one? Who's number one uh, out of all? Freddy Krueger. All right, Carmen, who do you guess? Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Freddy Krueger, number one, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Who do you think was picked second? Hannibal Lecter. Nope. Jason. Nope. You're you're never going to get it. Really? Um, no. Nope. Hmm. And you and, and and you both you guys Ghost know face? this. No, no, that's from Scream. He was selected third. So we got to get number two here. Freddy Krueger was selected the most iconic horror film villain. Horror film villain by fifty four percent. Ghostface was third at thirty four percent from the Scream movies. Who was number two? Did we say you're, Chucky? You're not, Chucky. Yes. All right. All right. Chucky. I mean. Seriously, over... Well, we'll get into that. Okay, so, Pat, you go first. Who are your top three most iconic horror film villains? Okay, well, actually, at number three, I had Chucky. All right, I like Chucky. I love the Child's Play movies. I hated them. Oh, they're great. I didn't think they were funny. Right, not supposed to be horror films. I mean, I didn't think they were scary. 
Well, I mean, think about it. Chucky is like what about two feet tall, and he's always got a knife in his hand. I so know. like, like you don't see him coming, and he's like down at your ankles, like cutting your ankles and your knees, and kind of like a divorce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been there twice. Or like Billy Barty. We know. <laughs> All right, who's number two on your list? Pinhead. Oh, the Pinhead. Yeah, from, pinhead from the from Hellraiser the... movies. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, those, those... are terrifying. I, they're fascinating, though, because, I mean, you know, Pinhead, in in his essence, isn't really a villain, necessarily. But, you know, people end up getting sucked into that whole world. They're, they're all wearing the, the bondage gear, and he's got the pins, and there's the lady Pinhead and the fat Pinhead. and That's a Tuesday for Carmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people, yeah, some guys pay money for that on the weekends. Was, was that the little sphere that flies through the air and No, that's uh, Phantasm. Oh, That was Phantasm, Phantasm with the old man. Yep. Yeah, no. Uh, in Pinhead, they had in, in a Hellraiser, they had the little box. There was like that little box that locked up. It was like a puzzle that okay. people would find, and it would summon these people from the other world. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I remember. I remember. Yeah. All right, who's your number one? Number one, Leatherface. Really, Texas you know Chainsaw what? Massacre. I have never seen the original. Really? Oh my nope. word! No, even I have. I know that's shocking. Because that's like a nightmare that could actually happen, like yeah. in a, in a southern town, you know, just some. Why do you have to make it regional? Because that's that's, <laughs> that's very unfair. That's where it took place in Texas. Yeah, but it could happen anywhere. It's a, you know, but but these like were that like don't this was like some weird family, like backwoods, and you know, just uh, the whole the whole thing with like the whole family living together. You know, like you know that family's out there where the the granddad and the dad and the kid and they're all together and they're all weird and nothing's you know. It's called incest, Pat. I didn't want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't was it, was it that character based off a little bit, the real-life Ed Gein? He was based off, yeah, sure. He would okay, skin he people, yeah, and he would yeah. make he would make right, stop, uh, you know stop, the mask. He stop. would make he would make like a vest. It was like like the inspiration for Buffalo Bill too. <laughs> okay, all yeah. right. My my top three most iconic horror film villains. Number three, Michael Myers Halloween. I watch this movie every year. I think it's the greatest Halloween movie ever made. I mean, the music, the mask, the whole deal. I think it's incredible. Number the jugs. two. Yeah, number two. <laughs> oh, Jamie Lee was in her prime yes. back then, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> number two, Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, because that can happen. All right? And my number one is Jason from Friday the 13th, because there's like 19 of those. Yeah, Jason Voorhees. He's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. when you think he's dead, he's not. Kind of like so, Elvis. So how does Chucky get picked second over Michael Myers, Jason, Hannibal Lecter, Pennywise from the movie It? That makes no sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the big three, like if, if you asked anybody, you would think on the street, the big three would have to be Jason, Freddy, and Michael Myers. You would think, at least from our generation. Yeah. All right, Carmen, your top three. Uh, third, I got uh, Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. Second, the comedian? No, Michael Myers. Second, I'm rolling with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> And my top villain definitely has to be the guy that shot Old Yeller. <laughs> I mean, admit it. Did you cry when Old Yeller got shot? <laughs> Absolutely. Pat, did you? I, I never yes. saw it. Is, is, oh, is that how it ends? Well, you, oh, don't, you just ruined it for me. You don't like to, you want to know how the Titanic ends? <laughs> oh, and by oh, the man. way, that one rich guy that was on the Titanic, I mean, he could qualify as a villain. Yeah, that's true. He's pushing kids and old ladies off that. Yeah, off that uh, off that safety boat. boat. Yes, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Do you guys, real quick, we got about a minute and a half. Do you remember the first horror movie you ever watched? Yes. Amityville Horror. Okay. Uh, Pat, what about you? I do remember seeing some of those Amity movies when I was a kid. Uh, but my, my, I, I don't exactly remember this, but my mother tells me when I was three years old, I watched The Exorcist and loved it. You know, I got to admit, the that, worst... That explains a lot. She said yeah, I was fascinated. Do you like now. pea soup? <laughs> I do like... Oh, yeah, good split pea soup with some chunks of ham and potatoes. <laughs> Delicious. The worst horror film, and this should have been... I should have had a premonition, but when I was 11 years old, the worst horror film I ever saw was Kramer versus Kramer. I probably should have taken a couple of notes. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I, I can remember, I think I was eight or nine, sitting in my grandmother's living room, watching, I believe, Salem's Lot or The Own. On TV. Oh, the omen was a doozy. And I was terrified because we lived in the sticks. She had a cornfield right next to the big window in the living room, and it's dark. And I kept looking out at that corn, and I'm like, there's something moving out there. There's something moving out there. But yeah, I think that was the first. Stop it. You're scaring me. You're scaring me. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. We've got Guardians Game Day coming up next with a special guest, me, once again. (laughs) Imagine that. Have a great weekend. Uh, I will see you back here Monday, same time, same place. Hey, it's Bloom Daddy. You know it. Dave Mortosh is the man when it comes to your retirement money and when it comes to downturns in the market. If you want the best in the business, navigating that financial horizon for you, then it's Dave Mortosh of Mortosh Financial. Call Dave right now if you want the best in the business watching over and growing your retirement money. The number, 877-GAINS-FOR-YOU. That's 877, the word gains, the number four, the letter U, or find him on the web at mortoshfinancial.com. Look, I talked to him before. You can talk to him. He's going to make you feel a lot better about where your money is headed and how he can keep it safe for you. And in today's environment, Dave Mortosh is exactly... Not only what you need, but who you need. 877-GAINS-FOR-YOU or go to mortoshfinancial.com. And a little reminder, Dave is once again doing the Mortosh Million Dollar Challenge in 2023. He's matching up to $500,000 in donations for the Travis Mills Foundation. You can donate at travismillsfoundation.org slash Dave and help out the veterans just like Dave Mortosh does. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. From the heart of downtown, WTAM 1100 Cleveland. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.